It's Friday, November 17th, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. Running on a track is all well and good if you're training for a marathon, but to get ready for a really extreme endurance event like the Spartan Ultra Race, you need access to some rugged terrain. You have to get used to running up and down hills where there's rocks, there's no real good track. You have to get used to sort of running in that type of an environment. There's no better place to get in that kind of training than in one of Pennsylvania's mountainous state parks and forests. That's where Eugene De Pasquale put in the hard work that ultimately got him to the Spartan World Championship coming up in December. As an athlete, De Pasquale understands the value of conservation and public space, but he also has a day job as Pennsylvania's Auditor General. He's an advocate for parks and trails in that role too, and uses the office in a variety of ways to fight for clean air and water. Among them, De Pasquale is one of many state government officials who are working together to uphold America's commitment to the Paris Climate Accord, even if the U.S. is no longer part of that agreement. What can we do as a state to at least do our part in making sure that we're addressing climate change? Conversation with Auditor General Eugene De Pasquale on this week's show. That's coming up. Let's take a look at some upcoming dates on the PEC events calendar. Tuesday, November 29th, you're invited to a public meeting and presentation in Philadelphia on living shorelines and Atlantic coastal plain forests. The agenda includes an update on East Coast Greenway trail development, also an overview of the Ben Salem Greenway Ecological Assessment and Prioritization Study, which looks at restoration opportunities along the Delaware Riverfront. That meeting starts at 6.30 p.m. on the 29th at Glen Ford on the Delaware. It's free and open to the public. However, an RSVP is requested. Also on Tuesday the 29th in Pittsburgh, the Green Building Alliance hosts the next talk in its Bridge to 2030 educational series. The topic, Grid to Green Energy Purchasing. PEC's Energy and Climate Program Manager, Lindsay Baxter, is featured. She'll explain how energy gets from the generation source to buildings, how the PJM interconnection system works, and how commercial property owners can decarbonize the energy their buildings consume. The talk runs from 3 to 6 p.m. at Gateway Center in downtown Pittsburgh. There is a fee to attend. You can find details on these events and others on the PEC website at pecpa.org events or just click the events tab from anywhere on the site. State legislative proceedings on the slate for next week include a meeting of the House Consumer Affairs Committee. They're looking at legislation on alternative rate-making mechanisms. That's happening Monday morning, the 20th of November. Then after the Thanksgiving holiday, we've got a meeting of DEP's State Board for Certification of Water and Wastewater System Operators, Wednesday, November 29th. The Climate Change Advisory Committee of DEP meets Monday, December 4th. And the next day, the DEP Storage Tank Advisory Committee meets. That's Tuesday, December 5th. More on those meetings as well as on the policy proposals under discussion on the PEC Bill Tracker. You can find PEC's position on a number of pieces of environmental legislation. Again, it's PECPA.org under the Policy tab. Just click on the Bill Tracker for the schedule. Eugene De Pasquale is Pennsylvania's Auditor General. By day, he minds the books, uh, holding government accountable for how it uses and manages public funds. In his free time, he has a whole other life as a competitive endurance athlete competing at a fairly high level, in fact. As his biography on the, on the Auditor General's office website states, 
Mr. DePasquale is the only statewide elected official in the nation to complete the grueling Spartan race trifecta. And this past summer, he actually qualified to compete in the Spartan race ultra world championship in Reykjavik, Iceland. That's coming up in December. Mr. DePasquale, welcome and congratulations. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Good to talk to you. For those who don't know the event, what is the Spartan race? What does it entail? Why is it so grueling? The Spartan race is something that's known as obstacle course racing. Um, it's uh, There's a, the sprint level, the super level, and the beast, and the ultra beast level. And then there's the ultra, which is the uh, the thing in Iceland. Um, and they are 5, 10, and 15 miles roughly. The ultra is close to 30. And what they are are basically between 20, 25, and 30 obstacles every every five miles. And you're going through mountain terrain and that type of thing. And so, for example, the average person, if you run a mile in, you know, between 8 and 11 minutes, uh, running a mile in a Spartan race may take, you know, 20 to 25 minutes just because of the terrain and the obstacles. And uh, w- when I did the one in Killington, Vermont, the um, the Beast, my watch, which tracks... You know, flights of stairs had me doing 484 flights of stairs during that during that race. <laughs> wow. So you're headed to Iceland now for the world championship, the world championship. That's about as intense as it gets, I would think. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're going to have us doing burpees in lava or anything like that. So we'll see how it goes. Looking forward to it. Should be a, a fun challenge. It's a 24-hour race with four hours of light under the northern lights. So um, I'm hoping it's going to be a pretty uh, epic experience. And that's another thing with Spartan that's different than some of the other obstacle course races. That is when you fail an obstacle, you have to do 30 burpees. So how do you train for something like this? You mentioned mountainous terrain. Does does Pennsylvania have some good uh, terrain to prep for something like this? For um, my lifting side of it, I go to a powertrain fitness three days a week, um, You know, usually in the morning, sometimes at night or a Saturday morning. And then for the other part of it, I have to go to uh, county and state parks. So like Pinchot um, this past uh, Sunday morning uh, did an eight and a half mile loop uh, running around uh, Pinchot, around the lake. So you have to get used to running up and down hills where there's rocks. There's no real good track. And I don't mean it's like a, it's a great trail, but you have to get used to sort of running in that type of an environment. Because the first time I did a Spartan race in 2015, I trained at a track and let me tell you something. I just was not ready, and it was uh, it was a disaster. So what I've done since then is I actually hike and run on county and state park trails, and that has gotten me much better prepared. So are you a pretty outdoorsy guy in general? Is this like a chicken egg thing where you were spending time outdoors and, and got into this extreme sport, or did you end up spending more time outdoors because of the uh, of the sport uh, I, I don't know which one i mean i've always liked being outside i've always liked exercising so that part of it was already there the obstacle course side of it in the spartan race just came i turned 44 or 43 whatever it was when i first started doing it and i just needed a new challenge so and i just got bored with the marathon stuff and some of those you know outdoor 5ks and i just got bored with it and so this is sort of you know really right up my alley it is um, it's similar to CrossFit, only CrossFit, I think, is a little bit more pure strength. Um, Spartan has more running, but I think it's a great overall fitness test. Can you run 15 miles or, you know, in a race 15 miles while doing 35 obstacles, while swimming in cold water? Um, and when you mess up a couple burpees, a couple of obstacles, you know, you have a spear throw that's part of that. You have a memory test that's part of that. So I think it's a good overall, it's a good overall test. 
So if we could talk a little bit about what you do on behalf of uh, Pennsylvania and and its environment, I know that you've done audits looking at the use of impact fee funds, uh, drilling wastewater, et cetera. How does an audit work briefly and how does it work in this context? Why is it an effective tool for you know, uh, developing or enforcing good environmental policy specifically? So yeah, where I get my legal authority on all audits is state spending. So when state tax dollars get spent or federal money through the state, you know, we get to do an audit of that entity. And what, what I believe is important is not just making sure the money is spent legally. I, and again, that's important, but also judging its effectiveness. So what we take that to is what is known as a performance audit. So we did a performance audit of the state's looking at the Marcellus shale drilling, for example, and saw, um, to be blunt, they didn't have enough inspectors. And when there was well water that was impacted, how the state was just sort of delegating the fixing of that to the homeowner and the drilling company, despite the state should be taking a more active role in it. Those are just two examples there. When it came to the impact fee, we thought some of that money was being spent, to be blunt, frivolous. Uh, as opposed to protecting the water or the local local roads. So um, we get to look at all state tax dollar spending from school districts to municipal pensions. And we've had two pretty big impact audits on it when it comes to protecting the environment. And clearly, you know, water and land use were two critical components of those audits. So what's next in that arena? What are the other issues where you can see your office making a difference in the environment? Well, I, I mean, one of the things that, you know, we again, we take a look at because I want to see how this budget impacts is, you know, um, when it comes to uh, state parks, for example. You know, I know this is happening at the federal level. I have to see if it happens at the state level. It would be an example of when fees go up, how does that impact, you know, the average person's use, usage of that park? We're also uh, looking at the Pennsylvania Game Commission as an audit, how the use of our land and uh in the game commission, are they being fair to our hunters and our sportsmen? So those are two items that we are looking closely at uh, digging deeper into. And I know you've also worked on uh, on energy issues uh, when you were in the House. You also campaigned on clean energy uh, in Pennsylvania. What have you done in that area in, in your current office, and what role can the Auditor General play in, in boosting energy development? Well, one thing that just from a, from a micro level is we audit our state universities and one of the schools we found, Kutztown, actually has a great environmental program in their dorms. They actually have a tracking in each dorm of which dorm is doing better at water preservation. So, you know, sometimes we just, and so we've highlighted that. So something that may seem small, but we think actually has has a huge impact. And also concern with the, the potential of taking money out of the Alternative Energy Investment Act. That was actually my legislation um, that's now a law. There's been talk about taking money out of that fund to go plug a hole in the general fund. That's something that we're going to monitor very closely because that money is supposed to be going for alternative energy development. I know that you're one of many state government leaders, along with local and people at all other levels and various walks of life, who have signed on to a campaign that's pledging to uphold the U.S. commitment to the Paris Climate Accord. Can you talk about that and what role Pennsylvania can play in the absence of or, or the opposite of climate leadership at the federal level? There are two potential possibilities when it comes to climate change. One, it's real. Two, it's a hoax. Either way, the fix to that would be a cleaner environment. So even if you think it's a hoax, the things we'd be doing to make to, to fix it would be to make the environment cleaner anyway. So this is one where even if you don't think it's real, and by the way, I'm not one of those people. I think this is absolutely real and we should be doing way more than we are. But even if you don't think that, 
we should be taking proactive efforts to make the environment cleaner to begin with. So you just start off with that. What the Trump administration did was basically walked away from American leadership in the world. That makes zero sense from a strategic, economic, or an environmental point of view. Now, so what we are doing is saying a lot of state leaders is, okay, if President Trump is going to do that, and, you know, as we all know, nobody can really control his behavior, let alone his tweets and how he deals with um, climate issues. If we can't control that, what we can do is we can control our own actions. What can we do as a state to at least do our part in making sure that we're addressing climate change. So we've actually had some recent meetings with my own team, and we're going to be moving very aggressively on making sure the state is doing everything it can to address uh, its climate change obligations. When I think about that uh, editorial cartoon that made rounds a little while ago that was like a bunch of scientists and policy people gathered at some sort of conference on, on climate, and one of them is standing up and saying, what if it's all a hoax and we build a better world and it's all for nothing? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I mean, like, look, I, I believe it's real. I'm convinced it's real. But even if you didn't, the, f the fix for this is making the world a better place anyway. Right. Well, what, what do you see that gives you hope in Pennsylvania for, for a better world? Well, I, what I think gives me hope on this is that the majority of the American people, the vast majority of Pennsylvanians, want us to address this. You know, my kids are both teenagers, and when they talk about this issue, there's not a lot of doubt in their mind. I and mean, one of the things my son is thinking about studying in college is environmental studies, environmental en engineering to uh, try to address climate change in his own world. Now, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how, you know, what will happen when he gets to college, but that's something that's on the top of both my kids' minds. They're both teenagers. So that gives me a lot of hope that their friends are talking about this as well. Well, Auditor General Eugene DePasquale, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today and best of luck in Reykjavik. Hey, my pleasure, Josh. I'm sure you'll see some annoying photos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Looking forward to it. Hey, you got it. Take care. And that's all for this week. Thanks for joining us for Pennsylvania Legacies. We'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. The Complete Back Catalog is available in a number of places, including SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. You can listen to our shows online at pacpa.org. Very easy to listen on the website. Just steer over to the audio room. Also easily accessed via the tab at the top of the screen and from anywhere on the site. Again, pacpa.org slash audio. Until next time, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening.